Hello, Monetization Nation. Today, I am joined by Dr. Lee George. Lee is the founder of Freedom, a strategic branding and marketing unagency. She worked previously as vice president at Ogilvy. For over 20 years, she's helped marketing teams eliminate the noise, gain clarity, build consensus, and develop actionable strategies to reach and persuade customers. Lee has a PhD in branding, and she's one of the very few people in the country who even has that distinction. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, let's start off with maybe having you share something that you're super passionate about. Well, I think I'm really passionate about the idea that customers are the disruptors. I think so many times in companies, you're so focused on your own products or services, and it's really you know, the the customers who are able to disrupt industries, if you think about, you know, Apple or Blockbuster or or any of these uh, sort of case studies that people tend to turn to as examples of big technology innovation or disruption, what's behind that is really a change in customer behavior that was just accelerated by technology. So um, in everything I do from the brands I work with clients on to marketing strategies is really uh, developing a deep empathy and understanding and interest in their customers to really understand kind of how the customer's passion intersects with what um, is unique and special about the brand. Love it. Tell me about your journey, your story to become one of the leading experts in branding. Um, so it's it's sort of interesting. So um, as you mentioned, I have a PhD in branding, which is very unusual. Uh, So in graduate school, I thought I was going to be a professor, and in the course of my studies, I realized I was really fascinated with um, the sort of the the branding work that the people and the companies I was studying were doing, and I really wanted to do that. And so, um, and not to mention that academia was just very kind of isolated and felt very separate from kind of everything that was going on in the world. So... Um, I made a big pivot and um, worked in-house and then at different agencies, uh, both big and small, you mentioned Ogilvy. Um, And I got to a point where I felt that the agency model was really not kind of keeping up with the needs of clients. Um, And that the agencies were really more interested in kind of their awards, their egos, talking about themselves. And, you know, to me, my job is to help clients improve their business, help them, you know, change perception about the brand, help them get more attention, help them um, attract and engage and spur action among customers. And so it was really more about clients than than it was about me. And so that's when I started kind of thinking about, you know, what am I doing? Why, why am I in these agencies? What if, uh, and of course, as, as often happens, right? I'm sitting at home talking to my husband, you know, yet another night complaining. And he looks at me, he's like, Lee, you know, kind of put up or shut up basically. Like, why don't you just <laughs> do something about it? Why, instead of just complaining? And so um, almost six years ago now, I, I started what I call my unagency, and I use that word on purpose to really signal that I am different from traditional agencies that organizations may be familiar with. And there, there are very specific um, 
ways that I am different. So one is that I don't use the billable hour. Um, that was really important kind of in uh, establishing my company um, because it's just, it, it's, a, it's kind of a constant annoying reminder to, to clients. Um, and really I wanted to build relationships. I didn't wanna nag them about you know, overages. And, and to be perfectly honest and selfish, I didn't wanna waste my time tracking my hours or you know, against some sort of a budget. What is the biggest home run you've hit in this branding consulting career you've had? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. In thinking about that, it's not like there is this big pinnacle, right? That I kind of hit it and it's like, this is it, I've arrived. It's more those moments where, um, that a client looks at me and just, you know, kind of says, thank you, you got it. And so like there's several, many times when this happened, there was one time where I was presenting to um, a client and it was to their board and uh, the president. So I was working with the marketing department, but this was like, you know, the big wigs of the company. And it's a, it was, it's a global company. And I was presenting findings from some um, customer research and analysis insights and recommendations. And uh, the presentation went really well, it was received really well. But then as I was leaving and I was walking down the hall, the president came running after me and just, he had this look of wonderment in his face. And he just said, thank you so much. That was so valuable. And you know, other times when I was presenting a, a brand narrative and, um, and, it, and this time it wasn't kind of the head of the company. It was, it was a member of the marketing staff that was just like, you've hit the nail on the head. It's like you, you, know, you reached inside our brains and you intuited you know, exactly what makes us us. I'm already imagining how I'm gonna be using this in copy. And so it was just so exciting to see that look of accomplishment on their face and already, they're already five steps ahead thinking about kind of now what we're able to do because of the work that we did together. So it's those sorts of moments that I'm most proud of. Uh, tell us about the biggest failure or mistake you've made with branding in your career and what'd you learn yeah. from it? Yeah, so again, I, I can't think of like, one single moment that stands out, but I think it's more, it's almost like a practice of failure. And I really believe in failing forward. And so anytime something doesn't go as planned or goes sideways, to me, it's kind of a moment to reflect and say, huh, why did that happen? What, what did that allow me to do or not do? Um, and I think one of the biggest ones kind of over time is really managing my energy as opposed to my time. And I think so often, you know, because I run my own company, I have a lot more control over my time than I think a lot of people do if you're working for a company. And you get so caught up in um, the needs of other people right? I've got to get this out. I've got to answer this email. I've got to respond to this Slack. I've got to respond to this chat right. and really being able to say like, wait a second, who says I have to do this? Why, you know, I know my creative thinking is better in the morning. And so I've learned to just um, block that time off. Um, my energy is lowest in the afternoon. And so I tend to kind of bunch up meetings in the afternoon. Um, I try to keep no meetings on Mondays and Fridays 
because I know I'm either like recovering for the weekend or exhausted from the week and getting ready for the weekend. And so I, you know, put more admin stuff on that, on those kind of bookends. And so I think the, the mistake that sort of led to that was just being kind of over, um, over promising and kind of overextending myself in terms of my schedule and realizing that, you know, I really don't have to do this. I have more control. What is your best monetization strategy or secret? It's value pricing versus uh, using a billable hour. So um, I, you know, depending on what the project is. So if it's a branding narrative or if it's a marketing strategy or if it's customer interviews or if it's some kind of other research, I don't price it based on the amount of time. I price it kind of based on the value it will deliver and and who the client is. It, I think it definitely helps maintain a stronger relationship because you're not having a nickel and dime and you're just, and it's, it's a win-win for the client too, because they get a, a result at the end, right? They don't keep paying a bill and, and maybe don't have anything to show for it. And I found in my business that when people are there for me, when when times are tough, when you're going through a crisis, it, it builds intense loyalty. I feel so much more loyal to them. And, and so I try to do the same for my customers. I had a, an investor that was once there for me um, when, when I was kind of in my darkest time. And, and man, I, I still have the, the deepest loyalty for him and his family, and I would do anything for them, right? Yeah. So yeah. When our customers are going through those challenges, it's almost like we can say, yay. We're not, I mean, we're not rejoicing that they're going through something hard, but we shouldn't be frustrated by that. We should, I like the word that you used earlier in the interview. You said um, failing forward. I've never heard that before. And I, I think that describes this. When when there's something that is a, a problem or mistake, there's a fail because an employee, employee left and all the data was lost. Let's, let's fail forward. Let's turn that crisis into an opportunity. And when our customers are going through crisis, let's be there for them. Let's be there during the hard times and it will build really strong loyalty in that relationship. Will you talk a little bit more about that phrase fail forward? Like I said, I've never heard that before. What do you mean by that? Maybe give me an example. Yeah, I think, you know, failure has been stigmatized in our society and the idea that failure is bad and it's negative and it's shameful. And I think fail forward is a concept to kind of destigmatize the idea of failure and that instead of thinking of failure as a um, uh, something negative is that it's really a learning opportunity, right? Um, something I tell my children and I, I don't even know where I got this, but like failure shows that you tried, right? Yeah. That you, you showed up and you took a shot. Maybe it didn't go the way you had planned, but then you learned, right? It's, it's about experimentation and, and not every experiment will be successful. So it, it gives you feedback and input and learnings that you can apply the next time. And so I think that that idea of failing forward also gives you courage to try in a way that if, you're so um, paralyzed from fear, you, you don't even want to try because you're afraid you're going to fail. What do you feel is the biggest tectonic shift that is transforming the business landscape today? Yeah, so I this is something I've started writing about a lot uh, over the last, since the beginning of 2021. So it's something I've been really interested in. And I, I really think the, the biggest shift is that 
there's this huge chasm that is opened up between brands and people and their con you know, consumers. Um, on the one hand, you have brands that still think we're in the 20th century in an attention economy. So they still think that we're competing for eyeballs and if they can just you know, blanket the media with enough messages, then they can get people at the top of this um, hypothetical funnel that by the way, doesn't exist. And ultimately somehow, you know, sales will happen. So I'm writing a book called Monetization. And we talk about tectonic shifts as one of the best ways to drive monetization, leveraging these tectonic shifts. And in the book, we talk about eight of the, what we feel are eight of the biggest tectonic shifts we're going through today. And number one on the list, we call connecting through passion. And uh, it's, yeah. it is, it is so important. It, people for every hour and every dollar they have to invest, um, they have a thousand good things they could do with that time. And being good is not good enough anymore. We have yeah. to find out what we, we call them their level 10 passions. We have to identify the level 10 passions of our target audience. And then we have to build our product and our brand and our marketing messaging and everything around that level 10 passion. If we ever hope to be a priority for them. Right. Well, and I think too, you know, brands for a long time, it was this perception that it was about the company, right? Let me just tell you about myself and you'll be so enthralled that you'll buy from me. And, you know, we don't, if you think about that, none of us buy based on a particular feature or even benefit, right? Because, I mean, if that is the case, then you're just a commodity, right? You're just, as a buyer, you're just looking for the cheapest price. You know, yeah. a shirt, a shirt, a shirt is a shirt is a shirt. Well, I'm obsessed with fashion. Love it. It's been a very depressing year because we haven't been really getting dressed in the, over the last 12 months. But we all know a shirt isn't a shirt is a shirt. Right. If it was, we would kind of all be doing similar things. Let's go to branding, your superpower. <laughs> um, do you want to just start off by giving a real high level overview? What is branding and, and why is it so important for entrepreneurs? So I think, you know, branding has become such a like mucky word. It just is kind of tossed around a lot. And, and I think um, it, it, get, it gets confused with visual identity. So some, some people think, well, your logo or your look, your colors, your typography or your brand. And to me, your brand is, is really kind of, why did you start your business to begin with? It's not, you know, your brand can't be because I want to make a million dollars or as much money as possible, right? Because again, nobody cares about you making money. So it's, you know, why are you doing this? What do you stand for? And it doesn't have to be, I'm not talking about kind of a social purpose. I'm talking about really what's, you know, what's the purpose of the business? And then your brand is the story around that. It should be, it should, it should put your customers, your audience at the center and shows how your purpose relates to what matters, what the challenge, a central challenge that they face so that you can show the impact that you have in their lives. And I would even go so far as to say your brand should, it, it should act as a foundation and a touchstone for every business decision. So should you um, develop a new product? Is it in line with your brand? Should you open an office or expand you know, your footprint? 
does it align with your brand? So it's something that should be there from the very beginning. It's not something that you tack on afterwards as you know part of an effort to be more appealing or to make selling easier. So I think of brand as this kind of foundational purpose for the company that then is expressed in a logo, in colors, in tone of voice, in the products you sell, in the services you provide, and the kind of customer service you offer. So that's sort of the, um, that's the view of brand that I have. Okay. So that's what a brand is. Why is that so important for a business? And, and what are some of the biggest benefits that a business can receive from doing their branding well? So as you might've guessed from my description of what a brand is, is that it helps you differentiate yourself from someone else who's selling the exact same thing you are, because invariably there's going to, you know, customers have many alternatives and the alternatives are not just in your space in terms of the kinds of products you sell in your vertical. It can be an alternative that is nothing to do with you. So for example, you know, if, if someone's shopping for a car, an alternative could be taking mass transportation, it could be riding a bike, it could be walking, it could be um, carpooling with someone. So it, it could be living somewhere which allows them not to even have to worry about transportation. So if you don't have a brand, then the, it's very difficult for someone to weigh kind of why or why and how you're valuable to them versus an alternative. I think also, in terms of your company, it creates a, a um, something around which your employees can get excited. It gives them a reason to wake up every morning and come to work because you know everyone wants to feel like they're making a difference that no matter kind of where they are in a company, they wanna feel like they're part of something larger than themselves. If you know, if you say, yeah, we're just here to make a bunch of money, and they're making below minimum wage. They're like this. I have no role. There's there's no purpose for me here. I'm not part of something yeah. bigger than myself. So it gives them something to believe in, to feel like they're contributing towards. So it works both internally to kind of to motivate and excite and inspire your workforce, but also externally as well. Thank you so much, Lee, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, our brand should reflect the purpose and story behind our company, our why, and the reason we started it in the first place. Number two, our brand should inform every business decision we make. Number three, a brand helps us differentiate between our competitors or alternatives. Number four, with a brand, our employees will feel like they're working for something bigger. Number five, customers are the most important thing. They are the disruptors. Number six, often the small moments are our biggest successes. Number seven, we should look at our failures as learning opportunities. And number eight, value-based pricing is a great way to build strong relationships with our clients. To learn more about or connect with Lee, you can connect with her on LinkedIn or Twitter or visit her site at find-freedom.co. And there's links to each of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn about how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. Also, you can subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. 
I wish you success in your branding. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.